You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. I am Sarah Brady Wagner here with Alex Haney. I'm Alex Haney. Functioning as your East Coast coverage team. The Associated Press has rescinded their call on the North Carolina 9th Congressional District race as it remains uncertified by the Board of Elections amid suspicions of election fraud. The Republican preacher previously assumed to be the winner of of North Carolina's 9th Congressional District race is now the subject of questions and investigations aimed at his campaign about illegal campaign tactics, election fraud, and possible ballot tampering. He's assumed to have won the election by only 905 votes. Suspicious absentee ballot returns in Bladen County were the first sign of trouble that tipped off citizens and reporters to looking further into the issues in the 9th District race. So there's a lot to unpack here. So we're just going to try and take it piece by piece and explain all the relevant parts for all the listeners who are fortunate enough not to be so familiar with North Carolina politics. (laughs) So let's start with Bladen County. Let's do it. North Carolina has really open election and voter data, even before the results of the election are certified. So that means that before the election result, before any of the election officials actually raise concerns, North Carolina citizens uh, and local reporters were able to access all the data. It's a nice thing. You just go to the State Board of Elections website. Um, And they were actually the ones who identified some irregularities in the absentee ballot rolls as they rolled in. Um, Irregularities were found specifically in the mail-in ballots in Bladen County and later some in Robeson County as well. These counties showed a pattern of mail-in ballot returns that defied the pattern seen in the rest of the district. So with the data from the North Carolina State Board of Elections for both absentee ballot and for election returns in the 9th District, you can see patterns in voting, especially in terms of the types of absentee ballots that were requested, returned, and accepted. And you compare those to the final election results and how they reported. So in the 9th District, Republican Mark Harris, he secured 49.5% of the vote to Democratic candidate Dan McCready's 48.9%, with a margin of only 905 votes separating the two candidates. The Libertarian candidate, Jeff Scott, garnered 5,130 votes and the remaining 1.6%. Harris won two of the counties, Union and Bladen, while McCready won in the remaining six counties. In breaking down each county in the district by overall and election results by vote methods, you can see a pattern within those counties. Uh, One aspect that stands out is the proportion of overall ballots cast. Bladen County had 7% of its ballots cast via absentee ballot, um, absentee by mail method. The largest percentage of any of the eight counties. Mecklenburg had the second largest percentage uh, with 6%, but the average was like three. The average was less than 3% for the entire state. And then you've got Mecklenburg, like you said, at six and then Bladen at like 7.5. Yeah, it was notably insane. high for just the mail-in ballots. I mean, more than double. So in exploring more of the absentee ballot data, you can look at both the percentage of by-mail ballots that were requested and accepted upon return. Bladen County saw 22% of its requested absentee ballots come from the by-mail method, which again is the highest of all the eight counties. Uh, among returned and accepted ballots, Bladen had the highest percentage at 13, with uh, Mecklenburg was in 10% and Robeson was 12. Uh, 5% were returned and accepted, in, which was more in line with other counties. So in this point, you've already got Bladen is just in multiple ways, just a standout here. So, and it's about to get better. Yeah. So within the 9th District, 
a quarter of all the requested mail-in ballots were not returned. So 25% on average were not returned. But in Bladen, let's see, in, um, in Bladen County, that was 40%. And in Robeson County, it was two-thirds. Um, so we just have a lot of ballots that were being requested and never actually showing up and act- being returned. Um, so and at this point, suspicions have been raised by people looking through the data and notice some odd data points. So reporters start heading into Bladen County and talking to voters. And this is where things get far more interesting. So the North Carolina Democrats at this point have filed several affidavits from voters saying that they had been visited by people who encouraged or even pressured them to vote, going so far as to assist them in requesting a mail-in ballot and later returning to collect their ballots, sometimes uncompleted, which is a felony. Uh, It's called vote harvesting. But it's also not necessarily a new um, report of something happening in Bladen County. Well, the way, correct me if I'm wrong, but for North Carolina, the way it works is you're allowed to turn in a ball, uh, an absentee ballot on your own or a family member is able to. Yes, a cl- it even has to be a close family member. Okay. Um, and you can have someone help you to request it, mm-hmm. but it is absolutely illegal to do what they're doing here, which is they've been said to do. And also, the great thing, though, is the campaign says that, yeah, they did this. Um, they hired people to go door to door and... Ask people, hey, do you have your mail-in ballot completed that, you know, somebody else helped you to get? Uh, We'll go ahead and take that for you. Now, we're going to get into this a lot more, but just to kind of set the stage, is there anyone who thinks that if you're just going around collecting ballots, how many of which did you say were not filled out? Well, we don't know how many weren't filled out, but some okay. of the people who have said, yeah, somebody took my ballot, was like, well, it wasn't completed. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, c- can we realistically think, are we so naive to think that no one might take advantage of that system? Yeah. Just a random person. It's, could, you know. it's really interesting because we get into like all the voter fraud. It's really the weakest point in our system is absentee ballots. Oh, absolutely. Um. Because, you know, you're, you're just working on, you're working on a system of trust at that point. You don't have any, you know, person-to-person exchange. You have to have two people who sign on as witnesses. I got to get my libertarian tinfoil hat real quick. <laughs> I left it at home. So, yeah, um, we're going to get real conspiratorial here. Okay. But, okay, so this is not a new thing that has happened in Bladen County. Um, right. It's something that has been commented on in years before. And the person really, like, at the center of this is this political consultant who is Leslie McCray McCready. Or no, not McCready. Dallas. Sorry. Leslie McCray uh, Dowless. Yeah. Yes. I have to remember, I keep getting that mixed up. Is it up Dowless with. or Dallas? It's Dowless. Okay. Yes, which we have to be careful not to mix up with the head of the North Carolina GOP, which is Dallas Woodhouse. Ah, all right. I, I kept being like, really, what? Got it. So not the Cowboys. Okay. Right, no. Dowless. So two different names. But so this person... um has actually been involved with other campaigns in the past, and mm-hmm. go figure, has already been convicted of fraud personally uh, in the past. Yeah, let me get into this <laughs> if you don't mind. Oh, please. So, back in, what year was it? I don't have the year written down, but anyway, it was before, <laughs> he went to jail for this, prison. Uh, he and the woman that he ended up marrying, Um, by the way, I feel like we should put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Just in case we get anything wrong. Well, yeah. I mean, if anything, this is one thing we always encourage. 
if we have anything that needs to be fact checked, please fact check us. Yeah. Let so, us know. That's how you learn. So but. we don't get sued, more importantly. <laughs> That's true. Um, anyway. Well, nobody's going to sue us. It was found. Well, this is true because he went to jail for it. He and the woman that he ended up marrying forged the signature and backdated documents on an ins- on a six-figure insurance policy for an employee of his that ended up dying not long after that in a, uh, a fatal car crash. So that's fun. Anyway, he ended up going to prison for the fraud, not necessarily for murdering someone. No. Um, we are not speculating that. Not at all. Wink, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so he went to prison for that. As soon as he gets out, since he gets a, into a life of politics, since 2009, he's worked for seven different campaigns, both uh, Democrat and Republican. He's worked on both sides of the aisle. He's changed his own party affiliation numerous times. Um, in 2014, he ran as a Democrat for school board. And then in 2016, he ran as an unaffiliated for the Soil and Water District Board. Right after the uh, presidential election in 2016, he switched his uh, party affiliation to Republican. So what I get out of that is he kind of just rides coattails. Oh, yeah. Which He's is... He's willing to work for whoever can pay him. Right. Gun for hire. Yeah. And, and being that he's been in work, you know, in both sides of the aisle, he's worked for everybody. Nobody seems to have had a problem with it before now. Um, but now you have a high-profile, uh, close election, so we're now going to have a problem with the voter fraud that both sides have been perfectly comfortable with oh, before. Yeah. Well, and we kind of talked about this before we started recording. You know, the uh, the reason for that is is most likely, certainly in my opinion, if it's not a close election or if it's not an important election, whatever. You know, if uh, if your side loses or if your side wins, why would you complain about voter fraud? Yeah. Like, it's fine. Um, you know, it all comes down to uh, which side loses and are they upset about it? And is it close enough to actually bring this out of the toolbox? Yeah. Is this a story that can be made now? Right. Or is it just somebody, you know, complaining about a common practice? Yeah. So let's not think that, you know, the voter board or the election board and, and politicians suddenly care. No, this is not, just, that's not the case. No, it's, it's but, just expedient for them right now. Yeah. It's, it's a good story right now. Right. It, it makes for headlines and... If they're going to make an issue out of it. Well, because why they're going to make an issue out of it? Because you have that's two counties. And remember, the, the current race is 905 votes between the two. Which is small. It is. And of the two counties under investigation, Robeson County had 1,180 absentee by mail ballots sent out, but not returned. Bladen County had 495 requested, not returned. Of those two counties, that gives you over 1,600 ballots um, that may be questionable regarding their return status because you have people who say that they had ballots picked up. Um, Which is more than enough to cover that spread. It is. So the issue there is not necessarily just going out and trying to solicit votes for your candidate, but also potentially getting ballots that were not filled out and filling them in for your candidate or taking ballots that were filled in for the other candidate and just throwing them out and making mm-hmm. sure they don't get counted. You know, that's that's more than enough to cover that distance and is enough to bring it into question. And we're seeing this all over the country right now. I mean, just in the past few weeks, what's been in the news pretty heavily, the Broward County uh, election issues down there where you get like, oh, we just found all these boxes. Weird. Yeah. You know, a couple of minutes after closing time. Um, Orange County flipped 22 seats, I think, which is, you know, predominantly conservative 
Republican stronghold in California. Flips 20-something seats. Um, 250,000 late ballots come, came in. And uh, to get back to our point of ballot harvesting, that's uh, they recently changed the rules over there in California where now it doesn't have to be a close family member. Oh, you're allowed to ballot harvest. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, like, anybody can go out and collect these ballots and turn them in. They even oh. had people calling the board saying, like, hey, is this random person that I don't know allowed to collect this ballot? Okay, yeah, yeah that's not going to cause any issues. Exactly, right. So while we're worried about voter fraud, we're also making it way easier to commit voter fraud. Right. It's almost as if we're not actually worried about voter fraud. Right, and and so... You know, it's one of those things that comes up because, okay, at the same time that all of this is going on, where you have these questions of not voter fraud necessarily, but in this case, it's election fraud. Because voter fraud is what they're debating right now, what the rest of the Republicans are debating in the North Carolina General Assembly. So you have Mark Harris, who is the Republican candidate, and he is the presumed winner, but now it's a questionable race. And the Republicans in the North Carolina GOP was just silent on it for the longest time. Um, Dallas Woodhouse, who's the um, state director, state executive director, you know, he made a comment that we should just go ahead and certify the race because even if there is fraud, it's not going to be enough to cover the distance anyways. We've got this this case of um, election fraud, but then the General Assembly is currently arguing about voter fraud, uh, in-person voter fraud specifically, because we passed this nice new amendment that means we have to have a photographic ID. And now they're all debating... The interesting thing is they're still debating whether or not voter fraud is uh, an issue or how big of an issue it is to kind of determine how strict they want to make the law. Well, not, I don't think there's any question that it's an issue. It's a matter of how is it a big enough issue that it's worth, uh, you know, really putting effort into combating. Yeah. That's what we don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and what really, you know, kind of highlights here is that we do know that there is an issue with absentee ballots. Yeah. And instead of addressing that, we're arguing about if there is an issue with in-person fraud. Right. And I really love, um, when I was looking more into this, uh, David Lewis, who is a um, leading member of the GOP um, in the North Carolina General Assembly. He uh, is a big proponent of photo ID, and he had a great go through the motions that the other presidents go through of like, right. well, you know, there, there are these... 